it almost seems like a Jack called it like moonlighting. Remember that show uh, last night? Uh, that the two sure. characters seem to hate each other's guts, but meanwhile, you know, they're kind of into each other. I've had Bruce that Willis, Simple Shepherd. But I, but you know what? I really don't think that's the case. I, I think she, if she could stick no. a knife in his forehead, she would do it. If she could stick a knife right. in his forehead, she would. She hates his guts, and he knows it, and he loves it. He's just doing well. You can go job, to the airport man. now. You don't have to wear it. You don't have to wear it. Uh, San Antonio International Airport says no. You don't have to wear it, and you certainly don't have to wear it on the airplane anymore. And uh, and and one thing to keep in mind is they had to be forced by a Trump appointed judge <laughs> to rescind the order. Yeah, yeah, and and that's getting all kinds of play too. You know, uh, you know, it was, it was, the judge is horrible, and the, these these are racists, and they, they they don't care about other people, and they're killing people. And uh, I I just my my I couldn't get away from from Saki and the Ducey thing, and and well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, Peter. Are you a doctor? I didn't know if you were a doctor. You know, I, I they're so obsessed with controlling people, and they're so obsessed with the idea that they can never be wrong. Do you know what I mean? They cannot be wrong. And so Peter Ducey, I thought one of the better questions was, well, why, you know, we're all here in this enclosed room, and none of us are wearing masks. What's the difference between here and being on an airplane? You know what I mean? And that's when she went into the whole, well, I'm not a doctor thing. But it's basic common sense. It, it, you know what I mean? If you, if you don't need one there, you very obviously wouldn't need one in a pressurized cabin either. And uh, so Well, I here's another thing that was said. You know, uh, she said that they needed time to study the science and the data behind masking. Oh, come on. Wait a minute. The, the, you know, they've had years, decades, <laughs> and, and what any honest doctor will tell you, because I've had them on my show. They'll tell you that the reason they wear a mask in surgery is so they don't spit in the wound of the person th that they're operating on. It doesn't keep anything from going out into the air at all. But here's another thing I heard these whiny baby wussies on the left doing yesterday. Well, now I can't wear a mask. I can't wear a mask. No, well, I can't wear a mask. <laughs> yes. They were all on TV last night saying that. MSNBC, I, I can't wear a mask. I can't wear a What do you one. mean you can't wear? Are you that stupid? <laughs> Just wear a damn mask if you want to wear a damn mask. It's it's really unbelievable, you know. I mean, and I I, I saw um, uh, was it Bill Barr was on? Uh, he's been all over Fox News the past uh, week or so, and and uh, he was on the Five yesterday, or not the Five, uh, uh, outnumbered. And and he said something that I thought was prescient as far as where the Democrats are right now, in that they are so beyond common sense at this point, and they have no idea. That most people, and you, as you say, reasonable thinking people, know how full of crap they are. Most people just know, and that's why people are reacting. They know how full of crap they are. I can't wear a mask now. <laughs> you, I can't wear nothing, a mask now. There's nothing you know? stopping you from wearing a freaking mask. It's absurd. It's dumb. Ah. Yeah, I'm taking another um, day off. And, and then another the thing that. She, <laughs> all right, another thing that she did yesterday. And you know what, you, what? what's true about small people, little people, is that they can't apologize. They won't apologize. Huh. I'm talking about small in character. I'm not talking about small yeah. in, in stature. And she and she and this, in, in fact, most people on the left are very small people, right, in, in, yeah. in stature, in, 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 in character, not size, not physicality. Um, she wouldn't apologize yesterday. Uh, last yeah. week I had a story about the guys on the horses that were found to not be whipping everybody. And said so at the time that... 
nobody in the media was going to cover this, and they have it. You know, ABC's left alone, right. CNN's left it alone, but those guys are totally uh, vindicated. They were not whipping anybody with reins. But at the time, Saki said they were whipping them. The president said that. So, again, the deuce brings it up yesterday. Are you going to apologize? Is the president going to apologize? And, Sean, she would not no. do it. She refused to apologize for slandering those Border Patrol agents. They can't, again, they can't be wrong. And it doesn't matter how extreme they have to go and how ridiculous they have to look uh, in that regard. They, are, they can never be wrong. You'll never get an apology from a Democrat in, in, in any kind of position. I mean, when's the last, let me put it to you this way. When's the last time you saw a Democrat apologize for something? Somebody of stature, somebody either within the administration or in Congress or what have you. When is the last time anybody remembers a Democrat apologizing for anything? I can't think of They one. don't do it. Because they're incapable nope. of it. I can't think of one. Right. That's their reality. So it's, it's insanity. Those guys were completely exonerated. Completely yeah. exonerated. And uh, and they didn't whip a soul. But yet, when asked, are you going to apologize? It would have been very... And, and I think what would have helped their case had Jen said yesterday, yes, we're sorry that uh, we, oh, yeah. we did that to them and that we brought it up. We apologize to them and their families. But she could not do it for the reasons no. you just stated. Democrats will not apologize. And that means they're small people, man. Small. Absolutely. Well, it, you know, I mean... It, and she's Biden's mouthpiece, so if she won't apologize, it means Biden won't. And they they tried to destroy those people, those guys. They did everything to absolutely destroy them as racists, as, you know, whipping them like slaves. And, uh, no, not a single apology, nothing. And it's, it's, it's borderline sick. It really is, man. These people have problems. These, the people running the country right now have serious emotional and psychological problems in that regard. It's, it borders on sociopathic behavior. But you're oh, right. You, definitely. You, they're small oh, yeah. people. They really are. Well, you know what it is, I think, because to, to apologize, you have to admit that you, you are not perfect and you did something wrong. And I don't know if they have talking points to this regard or if they have you know, secret meetings where they say, never apologize, never apologize. But they never do. And uh, I think it's because they, yep. they just cannot allow themselves to be wrong. Well, one other thing that came up in the uh, press conference yesterday was the high gas prices, which are going back up, and we're looking at uh, well over $4 a gallon for the average right now, according to uh, AAA, and, and beginning the climb again. A couple of notes about that. First thing is, the longer this goes on, the more accommodating the people are going to be. But the second thing is, this whole thing about this being Putin's gas uh, price increase. We all know that's a line of bull crap 47 miles long, and it was proven yesterday because Jen said the unsayable stuff, the quiet stuff, the stuff you're not supposed to say. She said opening up these federal lands, which I have more details about that, but opening up these federal lands is not in line with the president's policies of high gas prices because <laughs> we need to move towards a more clean energy economy. Obviously, we're going to continue to fight this legal action. The president remains committed. Addressing the climate crisis is one of the four pillars that he came in. So remember, when he ran, when he campaigned, he said he was going to shut down the fossil fuel industry. Right. He said it. And he began to do it. That drove gas prices higher. And so she was asked about this opening up of uh, drilling on federal lands yesterday. And she said it's, it goes against our policy of high gas prices. So they're creating the high gas prices, not Vladimir Putin. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's as close to an admission, I guess, as you'll ever get. 
But, you know, right. my, my response is, well, no, we don't have to move towards a cleaner form of energy. And you know what proved that? Donald Trump proved that because it was the first time this country was energy independent. We can be energy independent and simultaneously continue research into standardizing, you know, different kinds, different forms of energy, but it's certainly not there now. Donald Trump proved that we don't need anybody to make sure there's gas in our cars. So in a sense, Donald Trump's policies completely destroy their argument that we have to move towards cleaner energy because we don't. There is no reason right. why right now we have to move into cleaner forms of energy. It doesn't exist. It's not saying it's a bad thing to do over time. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I if if I could afford an electric car, I wouldn't give a crap about driving an electric car. But you can't. Nobody can. You, most people can't afford that kind of technology right now, and it's not. Nope. It's not standardized yet. It's like the windmills are. You know, nope. how much petroleum do you need to run a windmill? You know, we can be energy independent and investigate these other things, but they it's it's the push to get people out of their cars. They just want people out of their cars, man. It's crazy. Well, they're trying to break our backs is what they're yeah. doing, and, it's, and that's as close to an admission that we're trying to break your back if that's what it takes, breaking your back. And they're fine with that because it doesn't affect them. We'll take a quick break. More Warren Rima coming up for you on KTSA. On the other side, I'll tell you about Matt Spahn. Spawn S-P-A-H-N is how you spell it. SpawnLawFirm.com, the place for estate planning, the number one estate planning attorney anywhere, a guy who understands how to make this work for your family. And during the month of April, it's a real good time to sit down and review your plan. Maybe you don't have a plan, so it'll be a good time to instigate a plan, get one rolling, get the ball rolling. I had a guy contact me the other day. He said, I'm checking the boxes, man. So who is that uh, You know that estate planning attorney? Well, it's Matt Spawn. He'll sit down with you. If you have a current plan, you can bring it in. You can talk about the current plan. You can come together on an idea that's going to work for your family, that's going to transfer your assets to the people you want your assets to go to when you want those assets to go to those people. Matt Spawn does it every day. Or if you just need a quick update, because the rules change the laws change every once in a while, and your family dynamic changes. So right now is a fantastic month to sit down with Matt Spawn and talk about your estate plan. This is way too important to not do this. This is super important to get this done and do it right away. So his name again is Matt Spawn, S-P-A-H-N, SpawnLawFirm.com. AccuWeather forecast. Today, some sun followed by increasing cloudiness with a high about 76. Tomorrow, 87. An agent for a quote today. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. That I'm aware of. If you're a doctor, I wasn't aware of that today, until today. (laughs) What a B word, man, right there. It's Ware and Rima. He's Sean Rima, and I'm Trey Ware. Really. Uh, what's on your snot. list, man? She's such a snot. I can't get over what a snot she is. Um, well, I'm a day behind, so I got some of the things I got were probably you guys have already discussed, but I, it, it's so bizarre. I got to bring it up. The Easter Bunny, you know, manhandling yep. the president when he starts talking about Pakistan and Afghanistan. The Easter Bunny. Somebody, and it was somebody on his staff, uh, one of these, uh, uh, I don't know, I can't remember the woman's official title. But the person in the Megan Hayes, director of message planning, Megan Hayes, director yeah. of message planning. He starts talking to a reporter about Afghanistan and Pakistan, and this chick is in a rabbit costume, and she comes up and just pulls him away. Now you tell me that man is the president. 
you tell me that if if the Easter Bunny has control, the Easter in that one moment, Trey, the Easter Bunny was the most powerful person on planet Earth. Because the, mm-hmm. the President of the United States, we routinely say this and have for decades, is the most powerful position on planet Earth, right? I mean, is that something we routinely say? Well, mm-hmm. for a brief Leader moment, of the free world. Some chick, some some chick in a bunny costume was actually the leader of the free world. She had more power than the president does. And she was wearing a freaking bunny outfit. I mean, yeah, I'm not even getting into the fact that he's talking about Easter and he doesn't bring up Jesus. Okay, because that, you know, that, okay, well, mm-hmm. you're a liberal puke, so that's what you're going to do. Because religion mm-hmm. bad. Unless he needs to, you know, get a few Catholic votes. Religion is always bad with Biden. But... He, you know, his wife is giving him directions on when to wave. The Easter Bunny shoved, gets him away from reporters when he starts talking about stuff that I guess they don't want him to talk about. He is not the president. He is very obviously not the president. So again, even though we, you know, we we ask this question on a routine basis, if he's not the president, then who is? Because. If a chicken a rabbit costume can have control over the president like that, he ain't the guy. He's not doing. He he's not making the choices and, and the decisions, and that's some scary. Well, crap and right there. It, well, we're supposed to believe that he is negotiating with Iran on this nuclear deal, and he's going to negotiating with Putin on this and that and the other. He's he's the one doing this negotiating. In fact, Jake Sullivan said yesterday that the president is in the Situation Room every day, and he's. Organizing and coordinating the world. That's what Jake Sullivan said every day. <laughs> he is, man. Well, this guy <laughs> has no idea where he is any moment of the day. And if you look at the video of the rabbit that intervened, Joe was actually fearful when the rabbit stepped in because this is what people with dementia have. They look at something like that. I mean, here's a giant rabbit, you know, <laughs> and they go, oh, my God, what is that? You know, he kind of freaked out. Right. But the, the, the moment-by-moment account of the book reading, too, is just as troubling as the rabbit thing because the rabbit not only kept him from those people in the video we've all seen, but the rabbit kind of led him around and all that kind of stuff. But during the, the book reading, which all presidents do at this event, he said, well, they're not going to let me read the book. And his wife said, okay, Joe, I'll let you read a, the page of the book. So if he reads this page, oh, God, right. and uh, she said, I'll allow you to do that. And he said, can I read it backwards? And then he said, the first lady, and this is a moment-by-moment account of this book reading, said the animals in the story saw children. And Joe then said, whoa, yay, children. And then he stood up. Yeah, exactly. And then he stood up, and she grabs his arm and yanks him back down and said, stay. Kind of like you'd say to your dog, stay. Right, right. And uh, he says, well, she just told me to sit. And she said, well, I'm the teacher. Don't you know that? This is a moment-by-moment account of this thing. So this guy is not not, uh, in the situation room organizing the world minute by minute. Um, This was a terrible display. And what's so frustrating about this, not only do we see it, and people laugh at it or whatever, but not only do we see it, but the enemies of this country see it too. Well, they do. And, and, you know, what's... What is disturbing is that, based upon what we saw, you have to assume one thing, and our enemies are assuming this as well. The people around the president very obviously had a meeting prior to this event saying, how are we going to do this? This is something that would have had to have been separate from the president. Somebody said, hey, you wear the bunny costume, 
and you say, stay close to him. So if he looks like he's going to do something weird or say something weird, you get him out of there. They had to decide that. Mm-hmm. It didn't just happen out of a vacuum. The people around him have to make these choices on how to handle him very obviously. And that means, again, he's not in control. He is not the boss. You, you, Trump found out, if Trump found out you had secret meetings about how they were going to control, his own staff was going to control him, they'd have, he'd have fired them immediately. Okay, well, they I, t- I talked about meeting. that this morning. Yeah. I talked about that this morning and said, had anybody in a bunny costume gone over to Ronald Reagan or Donald <laughs> Trump and tried to, tried to do oh what they did God. to this guy, they're... Their cottontail would have been smashed. <laughs> Donald Trump would have, yeah. I mean, remember when he manhandled, manhandled that other world leader at uh, at the U.N. that one time that was in his way? A freaking bunny comes yeah, up to a guy push like him out Trump. Of the way. Get out of here. Go home. Get your shine box. He'd have kicked his ass. Biden. Yeah. Bunny. Where does the bunny want me to go? You know, I mean, it's. It's they, they have to make, have a meeting to come up with that stuff, man. It's scary. <laughs> All right, quick break for the bottom of the hour news. More wear and rhyming coming up for you on KTSA. i got to tell you about Pecos Fence Company, best in Texas for all of your fencing needs. It's amazing how much a beautiful fence will do for the livability, the the curb appeal, the beauty, and the value of your home, but also safety, security of your home. To privacy, you know, they can do this at Pecos Fence Company, and they do it every day, whether it's on a quarter-acre piece of property here in town or you're talking about a ranch property and you need a big fence. Hey, look, our friends at Pecos, they do it all. From selling you the materials and, and you carry on and do the work yourself, you know, and don't have to pay anybody the labor, or turnkey, man, from the from the get-go, they can handle your entire fencing project. And they do a bunch of commercial projects as well so if you own a building a piece of property some real estate like something like that and you need it protected or you have vehicles that need protection our friends at pecos fence company will build you the finest fence you're going to love the way it looks and you're going to love the way it lasts as well when pecos does the work for you get your free estimate from pecos fence company at 210-655 this is scott robbins stay connected with news talk 550 ktsa and fm 1071 on facebook Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. A federal judge in Florida appointed by former President Donald Trump struck down the travel mask mandate, claiming it exceeds the CDC's statutory authority. It's a 737 now. It's Ware at Rima. Trey Ware, Sean Rima, 550 KTSA, FM 1071. And Robert Francis O'Rourke is flip-flopping on Title 42. We'll get to that. Here in just a while. Meanwhile, the six buses have arrived in Washington, D.C., carrying <laughs> illegal aliens from the border, dropping them directly across from Congress up there. And then, of course, in the you know the cultural stuff, we've got uh, more of the tranny news and uh, going after kids at the schools and uh, more drag queen shows at the schools and stuff like that that we're gonna we'll get into in a little while. Meanwhile, I, I know you've got a list going as well. So, what you think? Well, again, you probably have hit you know some of the stuff that I have, but I got to get my thoughts in on some of these things. Okay, the black DJ in Arizona. Oh, uh, the, the, we have these two Arizona diversity and education advocate pukes who are at a a, a dance uh, put on by I guess this district, some kind of charity event uh, for the PTA at Hopi Elementary uh, of Scottsdale Unified School District. They hire a DJ who's a local guy. He's very popular uh, to DJ, you know, at this at this event because there's going to be dancing and stuff. 
You got the video of it, or and and uh, I, no, and I don't know what two, that was. I have no these, idea. Yes, yeah. two folks who are again diversity and education advocates. They're there at the dance. They see the DJ, and I'm assuming because the majority of the people there are are honkies, are are white, they assume that the DJ is wearing blackface. And, I mean, this is this is where the whole where liberal pukeism. Now they're starting to trip over them, themselves. They accuse the guy of being of having blackface on. They they uh, put out you know formal complaints about this and tweets and social media stuff. And the guy's black. The dude is a black dude. DJ Kim Coco Hunter. He's actually a black dude. So a black dude now was accused of being in blackface by two people who I'm assuming you know who I'm assuming are idiots. And are so wrapped up in this identity politics crap that they they uh, assume, and it, even one of them after it came out that the, the dude is a black guy, even say, well, we, you know, we thought maybe he could have been wearing blackface. Blackface is unacceptable by anybody. I mean, this is where we are, man. This is where we. Mm-hmm. I mean, the DJ's like, am I not black enough to be considered black? I mean, thankfully he's kind of laughing it off. But that's that, isn't that the dumbest crap you've ever heard in your life? That's where this whole identity. I won't get into it with the transgender stuff because I got some new thoughts on that. But this is where they've come. They're now completely ridiculous human beings. This I, this this I, this thing about being woke and watching to make sure everybody is using the right pronouns and the right labels and nobody's in blackface and nobody's being a racist. It's gotten so obsessive. That now they see a black guy, and if they see enough white people around them, they assume the guy's wearing blackface. It's it, it's pathetic, man. Now, I, I don't well, really give a crap what have, these two, but, you know, that's where we are. Now we have this report that came out this morning, a 43% jump in black Americans murdered in 2020 compared to the last 10-year average. Um, and this is on the heels of the uh, defend, defund the police movement. So uh, just like we said, when they started this whole BLM, which has turned into be a sham, a complete sham. Oh, yeah. When they started this whole thing and they all started to talk about uh, defund the police, said at that time, was very clear, at least I was on the 5 to 7, that I was very clear that that was going to reflect in the in the black community more than anywhere else because you're going to pull the police out and you're going to have black-on-black crime, which they did not uh, report in any of the media. They refused to talk about black-on-black crime in the media. And, uh, and, and it has spiked to incredible levels, 43% increase in, in black-on-black murders now in the wake of, and they relate it directly back to defund the police, and uh, which obviously was one of the worst things that our country ever went through was that entire thing in 2020 and that summer of 2020 where, you know, they were out there basically uh, running through businesses. And in my view, I saw it as extortion because, you know, we won't burn your business down if you'll give to our organization. And uh, defund the police, defund the police, defund the police. Even here in San Antonio, Ron Nirenberg went to one of those rallies and said he was hiring this pharaoh guy and going to take him to city council and we're going to talk about ways to redirect money that uh, that's meant for police well they got a lot of black people killed in this country uh the whole defund police movement and a 43 percent spike in the numbers of black people that died as a result of defund the police well and they're taking money and buying mansions and and another stat is you know which uh, is the 
one group of people who are purchasing weapons for personal security more than any other. Black people. Black people over the past f- couple of years uh, have purchased, or past few years since the, uh, the, all the Floyd uh, riots, black people have been purchasing weapons, legal weapons, to protect themselves more than any other group. Because if you defund the police, their neighborhoods are the ones that become dangerous. And they have to protect themselves. You know, so, but it, it, you're right. You can draw a line from the BLMers all the way up to two, you know, freaking idiots at a dance, a PTA dance, accusing a black DJ of, of wearing blackface. I mean, that's, that's, that's the end game there. Is get, it gets that stupid. And uh, the whole thing is stupid and, and from, from beginning to end. And, again, it, it, you know what it's all about. Okay, in the Trump era, they lost a lot of black votes, and a lot of black uh, people within the community started to realize that Democrats have been using them for a few generations as an expected vote. And all of a sudden, they got jobs, they got opportunity in their neighborhoods, so they start going over to Trump, scared the crap out of the Democrats. All of a sudden, CRT, all of a sudden, BLM, all of a sudden, we're we're, uh, in another race war, all of a sudden... You know, white people are racist inherently. I mean, that's really when all that stuff started popping up, when they started started to really fear that they were losing the black vote. So, again, it's it's all about politics. It, with the Democrats, it's always about politics, and that's where we are. That's why, again, that's why we have people pouring over the border. Same thing. So you said you had some new thoughts on the whole tranny thing. Yeah, well, I, I you know, my wife and I were just kind of talking about it because I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, now we uh, thankfully we have uh, and it was, we we're talking about this uh, this professor uh, who is a Christian and said he wouldn't use these damn pronouns. He he made except you know accommodations mm-hmm. for the students in his class and said, "Well, I'll call you by your given name, but as a Christian, I can't call you something that's not what I believe." Well, they the court aro- awarded him four hundred thousand uh, dollars, and he was wronged by the by the the, the university. And so my wife and I just got talking about it. We got talking about this business of, of, first off, the gay and lesbian community and the transgendered community, which are two completely different communities. Um, I, I still stand by my opinion that gay is not a choice. You, it's just not something you choose. No more than I chose to be straight. But in the, tra- in the transgendered community, which really wasn't a community before all this stuff happened, there's something weird going on. There's something different. And we kind of stumbled upon it talking about this last night or uh, yesterday afternoon. Okay, the idea behind transgendered is that it's something that you know from birth, that you wake up uh, even as a little kid, and you feel that if you're a boy, you're actually a woman living in a boy in a boy's body. Right? That's the premise. That that it, all of this stuff is based on pronoun stuff. You know all the. Uh, uh, weird crap surrounding the transgendered community. And it, we're talking, and we realize, well, how would you know if you were a woman trapped inside inside a man's body if you've never been a woman? How would you know? How would you know, and vice versa, if you're a girl and you feel you're a boy trapped inside a girl's body, how would you know not ever having been a boy? So the whole argument for what they're claiming is false. It there's no other way it can't be. And we talk about this all the time because we already readily accept that gender as a construct is is biological BS. It's it's impossible. You have a freaking gender. And how do you know that you're something trapped inside your body that you've never been? Well, you can't possibly know. <laughs> you can't possibly know. 
Uh, I, you know, honestly, and I'm going to say this, and this might piss some people off, but I don't care. I think a lot of people are going transgendered right now because it's cool. Because it's trendy, it's cool, uh, it's the big topic. Uh, you could suddenly be maybe a little more interesting than you were before you uh, transitioned. You now get to fight for your pronoun. You now get to label yourself as non-binary, queer, fluid, or whatever the hell you want to name yourself. And you're special. Now you're a member of a minority group. Now you're different. You're not just boring you. I'm sorry, but that's the conclusion I'm coming to. A lot of people are doing this because it's the cool thing to do right now. Uh, and this was just something that, again, came out of a conversation we had yesterday. We're really just kind of talking through it. So that's my, that's my great transgendered revelation for the day. <laughs> well, first of all, you are what you are, and you're going to die what you were born. So you, you don't change that. You don't get to decide that. That's out of your hands, and it's always been that way, and it will forevermore be that way. Uh, so if you are a boy, you're going to die a boy someday, and you can cut things off or whatever, and I've been very clear on that. The big issue right now that we see going on with the transgender community is they are uh, showing signs of pedophilia by going after children. Uh, when oh, yeah. when you start showing up at the school campuses, when you start going to two to eight-year-olds, and, you know, we've got this story from Oklahoma State University, uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, where they went and did a drag show in front of two to eight-year-olds and did condom oh, bingo. That's pure pedophilia. <laughs> That is pedophilia, man. That's all that is. That's pedophilia. Right. If you if you want to have a drag show and go to a 21 and over club and people pay and they come in, it's adults in there, it's consenting adults, whatever. That's fine. You want to do it in your living room with consenting adults, fine. But there's a reason they're, they're targeting the kids, and it's called grooming. That's exactly what this is. It's grooming. And that's pedophilia going after uh, children. We have this other story in Wisconsin where uh, this, this teacher went to another school school and did a whole show in front of Middleton High School in drag. And once again, this whole concept of, oh, you know, I've got to get to the kids. I've got to show the kids what this is all about. The real question that somebody needs to ask these people is, why are you still hell-bent going after the kids? Why is it so important to you? And, and we, we see a rash of it happening right now. We have a, a situation in Wisconsin where you've got parents where the kids have been going to school, the, the, the teachers and administrators at school are changing the kids' gender identity at the school and then telling uh. them, do not say anything to your parents. So what that clearly says is the pedophiles at the school, they know what they're doing is wrong. Otherwise, they wouldn't instruct the kids to not go tell the parents. And the parents are suing the school right now. This is happening all across the country. Oh, yeah. There's an outbreak yeah. of these people that are activists that have infected and invaded the schools with their pedophilia to talk to these kids about sexual matters. And uh, uh, the, the the school administration and the politicians are not going to get rid of it. It's up to our parents. What we need is a nationwide movement to get the pedophiles out of our schools and away from our children. That's what this country needs because that's what I these agree. people are. Call them what they are. They're sicko pedophiles. They're trying to groom our children, and parents need to engage and make them stop. I agree. <laughs> I agree absolutely. <laughs> it just that's the one thing, Set. you know, parents on you know adults on adults and we got to take a break, but adults on adults and consenting adults, that's one thing, but when they are infecting the schools the way they have and Sean not a day goes by that we don't have a stack of stories about oh, these yeah. people going to the schools and going after our children. Get your hands off of our kids. Leave them alone. All right. Quick break more where Rhyme coming up for you here on KTSA over at Broadway Vascular. My 
friend, Dr. Dallas Broadway, takes care of you. Broadway Vascular is the place to see and talk to. If you suffer from poor circulation, diabetic neuropathy, leg pain, those foot ulcers, all those kind of things that people have, he can help you out. In fact, very high-risk people have and with diabetes. They have diabetic neuropathy on many occasions. And you get a free consultation for Broadway Vascular, Dr. Dallas Broadway. He's world-renowned as an authority on outpatient vascular procedures. Yep, that's right. He's focused on keeping people out of the hospital. He wants to talk with you about your poor circulation. He wants to restore that circulation for you in a minimally invasive outpatient procedure that takes about an hour to do, and then you go home. And it's covered by insurance in most cases as well with Broadway Vascular. Give them a call. Check them out. They're at the corner of Blanco and 410 and on the phone at 210-465. Jim Ryans is a federal judge striking down the Biden administration's authority to require facial coverings on public transit. The White House has expressed disappointment at the ruling, saying masks are a legitimate means of preventing the spread of COVID-19. ABC News medical contributor Dr. Alok Patel says rising case numbers in some communities justify facial coverings. I just feel for those out there who have children under the age of five or people who are immunocompromised who are essentially being told to fend for themselves in this environment. Just last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention extended this mask mandate through May 3rd. San Antonio firefighters were called to a uniform company on the east side late last night. A fire broke out on some equipment at Alsco Uniforms on East Commerce just after 1130. Investigators say it appears a piece of fabric had caught in some machinery and then caught fire. The building's sprinkler system came on, prevented the fire from spreading. There was some minor flooding and smoke damage, but no injuries have been reported. President Biden reportedly making a decision about his political future. Four more years. That is apparently the political position of President Biden, who told former President Barack Obama he will seek re-election in 2024. The Hill reports two sources confirmed these conversations took place. According to The Hill, President Biden is making no secret about his intention to run again when he will be 82 years old. To secure another term, Biden will have to turn around public opinion polls as his approval rating is under 40 percent. I'm Rory O'Neill. San Antonio Police Department auctioning off more than a dozen seized vehicles today. Up for grabs, 16 vehicles, including SUVs, pickups and sedans. They range in model year from 1999 to 2015. Registration and viewing starts at 5. The auction starts at 6. If you want to pay, it's either cash or credit card, but not American Express. And if you buy a vehicle, you have to pick it up by 6 p.m. Friday. The auction is at the City of San Antonio Vehicle Impound Facility, 3625 Groden Road. The NBA playoffs roll on. Rudy J has last night's results. In the NBA playoffs, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Toronto Raptors 112-97 to take a 2-0 lead in that series. No Luka again for the Dallas Mavericks? No problem, as Jalen Brunson went off for 41 as they even the series with Utah Jazz with a game of peace with a 110-104 victory. The Golden State Warriors defended home court against the Denver Nuggets, taking game two 126-106 to take a 2-0 series lead. And tonight... Miami Heat look to take a 2-0 series lead as they continue their series with the Atlanta Hawks, with the tip-off from Miami set for 6.30 on TNT. Minnesota Timberwolves upset the second-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in Game 1 as the Grizz look to even things up tonight in Memphis with the tip-off set for 7.30 on NBA TV. And the Phoenix Suns look to go up 2-0 when they take on the New Orleans Pelicans with a tip-off from Phoenix set for 9 on TNT. In Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros got two homers from Jordan Alvarez. 
in their home opener against the Los Angeles Angels to get an 8-3 win. A series they continue tonight with first pitch set for 7-10. The Texas Rangers return to action after a day off. They face the Seattle Mariners. First pitch is set for 8-40. It's a game you can catch right here on San Antonio Sports Star starting at 8 with the pregame. For San Antonio Sports Star, I'm Rudy J. 803 AccuWeather. They could push him out there and pull his strings and manipulate him, and it wouldn't be he wouldn't be this bad as he is. And I, I, with Kamala Harris, you know, checking off the female and the black boxes there, I don't think they felt she was going to be as bad as she's been either. But now they're stuck with them both. And it's, it's just getting more and more pathetic. But I, I think you're right. I think it's Obama's crew and Obama himself who are actually running the show because it certainly ain't Joe Biden. It certainly is not. Well, meanwhile, the Florida judge that was appointed by Donald Trump, and she's out of Tampa Bay. Her name is Catherine Kimball Mazel. I've heard it pr- pronounced Mazel or Mazel, but anyway, whatever. Uh, she's a Trump appointee. She shut down the mask mandate yesterday. Uh, the thing to keep in mind, number one, it took the courts to force them. They had to be forced to do it. And then, of course, they got their butt hurt over it. And Snarky Saki says, Peter, are you a doctor? I don't think you're a doctor, are you? you don't, you're not a doctor. But uh, she said they needed more time to study the science behind masks, which is a total BS line, of course. They they wanted to keep the mask on people forevermore. So, folks, burn your mask and never go back to it, ever. Don't well, let them do well, it to you again. Well, they need more. They need to do more research into the masks. What the hell have they been doing for the past two years? What what would be what? They suddenly now need more information on the masks. I thought we knew everything about the masks. That's why they want people to wear them. So they want people to wear them, but they still have to find out more about them. That makes sense, right? Holy crap, man. And, and the other thing, uh, you know, with Saki, just, man, take your MSNBC gig and get the hell out of there. She is becoming such a snot. You know, uh, are you a doctor, Peter? Are you a doctor? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of her. I'm, I'm sick of all of them. But I'm especially sick of her. It's the constant, and, and Bill Barr said this, uh, a former attorney general said this uh, on Fox the other day. Uh, she represents a lot of Democrats, and the, when they don't have an argument or they don't have uh, something reasonable to say, they go with snark. Uh, she was on some damn podcast or show, I don't remember what it was, and they got talking about Peter Ducey, and he's a stupid SOB, and Fox News writes questions that any stoop, you know, would make anybody sound like a stupid SOB. And she thinks she's so clever and smart, and she's really just a snot. So take your snottiness and go to MSNBC, where apparently their programming staff loves snotty people who have no content whatsoever. And Jen, you're going to do great. You're going to be freaking great on MSNBC. You're going to slide right. Well, in she's there, gone into full B-word mode. And yeah. uh, we played that soundbite from her yesterday calling Peter Ducey that. And, oh, and the, really the problem is that, that Peter's the only one that doesn't read her questions. She'll write the questions for everybody else, and everybody right. else will dutifully read the questions. And Joe has the answers. We've seen the card. We've seen the pictures of the card with the answers written down and the question itself. 
And we even see Joe correct, you know, a reporter who will ask a question. He'll say, no, I think the question you meant to ask was, <laughs> because it's all staged. It's all staged. It's, well, yeah. you know, it, it goes back to this whole, they carry the, the narrative and they have a narrative that they're putting into people's brains. And the narrative was always, you know, mask good, mask protect you. If somebody's not wearing a mask, remember what Ron Nuremberg said, you're committing murder if you're not wearing a mask. Oh, that was the whole narrative. Well, that narrative has fallen apart. Everybody knows that's a bunch of crap, that it's not true, that masks don't do anything, and people have awakened to that. But, uh, you know, on TV last night, it was all about, oh, no, I can't wear a mask because this judge said, you don't, you, you, I, don't, I can't wear it anymore. Well, bullcrap. Oh, if you want to wear 47 masks, if you want to wear a red shirt, if you want to wear cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, I don't care. You can do whatever you want to. But don't expect anybody else to carry on with your fakey plan anymore because that's all it is. Burn your mask. Don't let them do it to you anymore, folks. Because they're going to try. They, you know, the election is coming. And they're going to try to do what they're doing in Shanghai right now. And, and Sean, I encourage everybody to look on the New York Post, a, an opinion piece by William Forbes, like Steve Forbes, but it's William. That's not his name. He is in lockdown in Shanghai. And what they're doing to those people is the I've never seen anything like it. And, and, and these guys, whether it's it, it, whether it's Biden or any of the, these guys, they will not criticize the clear human rights abuses that are happening in Shanghai right now. It's unbelievable what they're doing to people. Yeah, well, it is. You're right. And if they could do that here, they'd do it uh, on our side. I mean, if our folks could do that to us, they would do it in a heartbeat. You know they would. Uh, so you're right. I, I, I just it's, When you get to the point, though, where you're actually screaming and yelling, I can't wear a mask now because of a ruling like this. You've entered Stupidville. You've entered, you know, Planet Moron. That's where you are. And and so much of their agenda and their platform. The, the only thing I'll say about the Democrats, and this has been true for a long time, they all have the same gig going. They all have the same line going, whether it's about COVID and mask wearing, whether it's about uh, uh, the border, whether it's about the economy. The Democrats, and I'm talking to rank-and-file idiot Democrats, all ships sail in the same direction. They always stick on point whatever their particular point of BS is at any given moment because they're all outraged by the mask thing. you know, And they all say the same kinds of things about the mask mandate and why it's horrible and people are going to die. And Peter Ducey, you know, she could think he's a stupid SOB, but he asked the right question. Here we are in an enclosed space, and none of us are wearing masks. Why would we have to wear masks right. on an enclosed airplane? And that's when she went into, like, are you a doctor, Peter? Are you a doctor? It's like, hey, Jen, are you intelligent? Are you intelligent? You know, it's... it's, it's well, here's one other thing that. about the airplane thing, too, and then we can we can move on to something off your list, but uh, the airplane thing, keep in mind, and it's kind of the hypocrisy of them once again, the airplanes have the HIPAA filter, HEPA filter, and the air circulates every two and a half minutes, right? So you get fresh right. air through the HEPA filter. It works so well that this administration gave billions of dollars to schools across the country to install the same system system in schools because they said it works so great in airplanes we can use it in the schools this this administration <laughs> Saki. so for them to say it's dangerous to to be in an airplane without it they're contradicting everything that they say which the left does all the time you know they just contradict well, everything. yeah you know I'm, not, I'm just a simple cave dweller but i'm thinking this crap through my own noggin yesterday i'm like if you're in a pressurized or a, 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 a cabin of an airplane isn't that air being totally recycled and uh, constantly and, and, and 
just cycled? I mean, you're not breathing the same air over and over again if you're in, a, in an airplane, right? No, you're I not. don't know much about airplanes, but I right. know two that and a half makes minutes sense to me. Help a two and a half minutes. Right. So for right. Two and a half, every two and a half minutes, you're breathing new air. You're actually more Correct. at risk in the White House press room where that's perhaps not going on. It's just a standard AC system than you would be on a freaking airplane. <laughs> that's correct. You know, I mean, and that was Peter Deuce's, that was yeah, his point. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, well, you know that, you know he struck uh, pay dirt there because of the, her reaction to him. That's right. Every time somebody gives you a crappy reaction to what you're saying, you know you're you're on point. <laughs> exactly right. All right, quick break. More Warren Rima coming up for you next. i got to tell you about Primo Processing. And yesterday, uh, in fact, again this morning, we had the Primo Sausage. Oh, man, this is so good. So good. And it's in the uh, Trayware package. I put together a box, a sampler box, so that you can try it on your own and see what you think about the Primo product. Primo Processing is over in Hondo. I've been telling you about them being able to process your meats for you, but they also sell meats, too. And so uh, yesterday, man, I took some of that sausage and I grilled it up really nice and fine, and we made some other stuff to go along with it. Had a down-home country kind of deal. And then I took that sausage this morning when I was prepping the show, and I sliced it up, and I mixed in some potatoes and some eggs, and I made a sausage, potato, and egg taco. Oh, so good. I want you to experience the primo passion for yourself. This box that I put together for you is loaded with jerky, both sliced and chunk. It's loaded with these primo sticks. It's loaded with dry sausage. It's loaded with spicy sausage. And if you'll use my name the promo code is where you get a 10 percent discount on this box and shipping is free anywhere in the u.s from primo-processing.com that's primo-processing.com experience the primo difference the primo passion for yourself you're gonna love this stuff accuweather forecast today some sun followed by increasing clouds as the day goes on with a high about 76 tomorrow some sun in the afternoon breezy and warmer and more humid 87 and on thursday afternoon sun windy warm San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. It's Warren Rima. He's Sean Trey Where? What's on your list, man? Oh, my God. Something I just found out about. It's glorious, Trey. It's a happy, happy thing. I have something happy to tell you. This is so wonderful. And in fact, if our buddy uh, David Fisher from Lifestyles Unlimited is out there listening, this is going to make him happy as well. Okay. It was on June 4th, 1982, 40 years ago, that the greatest Star Trek movie ever produced was released in America. That being Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And 40 years, 40 years this year, and, and this fall, they are going to re release it, a uh, refurbished version, uh, into theaters. So you'll be able to see the greatest Star Trek movie. In fact, dare I say, one of the greatest movies ever committed to celluloid with two of the cheesiest, hammiest actors duking it out with starships, William Shatner and, and, uh, and uh, Ricardo Montalban. You'll be able to go see that in a movie theater just like you did in 1982. It's a good day, man. I mean, I, 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 I don't know why that just made me smile. I am so happy that that's that, – first off, 40 years, holy crap, Trey, I'm, I'm getting old. But secondly, it, it brought a smile to my face because 40 years, this fall, we'll be able to see the movie on a, on a big screen again. And that's – if you've never seen Star Trek II, The Wrath of Stinkin' Khan on a big screen, 
do yourself a stinking favor and make sure this fall you're able to do it. Oh, my. Because that movie takes on a totally different element of, of wonderfulness when you see it on a big screen. So I just wanted to put that out there. Happy birthday, Wrath of Khan, on uh, June 8th. What a flick, man. I love that movie. Were you a big, <laughs> yeah, well, you're, a, you're more of a next-generation oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, but I, I, well, I love no, 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 no. This, this, no. I, I was original uh, Star Trek guy right. for forever, and yes, I absolutely saw that movie uh, oh. back then. And and you know, there used to be a theater. You know, the theater is still there, but I don't know if they do this anymore. The one at Crossroads Mall. Uh-huh. They used to on Tuesday nights during the summer. They would have like a throwback thing where they would play movies like that, like what you're talking about. Right. And they would set the theater up the way it was at that time. So you would go in and the entire sensory experience. So Nancy and I are big Casablanca fans. Love that movie. Right. And, of course, I'm looking at a poster. I'm looking at the original movie poster for Casablanca right now. I've got it here in my home studio. And uh, so they did that there. And what they did was they took down all the Dolby stuff. They turned all that off. And they played it on one menorah speaker underneath the, the screen, in the center of the screen, just like it was when the movie first came out. And what, what was it, 41, 42, when Casablanca first came out? And so you, you, you went into the theater, and it was just like going into a theater at that time and the sound was out of that one single speaker and and the whole thing was played just like it was back then it was a very cool experience so maybe they'll do that well, with us who knows well yeah because we grew up in a different era i mean you'd go to movie this is before the multiplexes came around when you'd go to the local movie theater and the local movie theater usually had curtains remember they used to draw curtains across the screen sure and they would open the curtains for like the previews. They'd shut them again, and when the the prime the the main feature would play, they'd open those curtains again. I mean, movie going was just such a different experience back in those days. And uh, and getting back to Star Trek too, we were all so happy, weren't we? Because the first one really kind of sucked. Didn't Star Trek the motion picture just suck? It was a horrible, boring ass movie. If you have narcolepsy, watch Star Trek, uh, the motion picture. Just horrible. What's up with the bald check? Star Trek Two comes out, and you have, again, two of the hammiest actors ever, you know, on, on screen just kicking each other's asses with starships. It's a great movie. Again, 40 years of age uh, this, uh, this summer, actually. But in the fall, they're going to re-release it to theaters. And, and I hope you're right. I hope they show it in, you know, in sort of the old-school manner because that would be even better. Well, there's been a... <laughs> Kind of a revival of Ricardo Montalban right now, anyway. And there's the, the young audience, the the millennials, and some of the Generation Zs are picking up on some of his fine Corinthian leather commercials and tattoo and tattoo and that whole thing from from that era where he really was, I would say, at the pinnacle of his career. Now you could go back, of course. You see him in classic television. You see him in classic movies from, you know, black and white days. But um, he certainly was at that time. Uh, having a huge resurgence, and even now, a lot of I, I hear people in my granddaughter's age group quoting him. <laughs> Multiple ah, Kirk, of all people. my old friend. Do you know the Klingon proverb that tells us revenge <laughs> is a dish that is best right. served cold? It is very cold yes. in space. Well, he did. He was he was Mr. Rourke in Fantasy Island, which we all watched every Saturday. That's night. right. And then yep. that he kind of you never thought of him because he was this congenial weirdo on this weird show but when he showed up in star trek 2 and he's just playing blanks to the wall the 
the coolest villain you have ever seen. And I think that's what really marked that movie, is that he was a classic cinema villain. He was the bad guy. He had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. He just wanted to do bad stuff, and only a guy like Ricardo Montalban could have played him. Uh, and what I also loved about, it, well, first off, just a, a, a small bit of trivia. Did you know his breasts weren't real in that movie? Remember how he had the the bare chest there through that weird vest he wore? Those was plastic. Those weren't his real pecs. Did you know that? Oh, and that mullet no, wasn't real either. But I mean, those weren't his real boobs. He had fake boobs in that movie. But just such a great. I tell you what I like about that. I know I'm rambling and totally nerding out on that movie, and then we'll, we'll take a break. But what I loved about that movie is that it was almost old-school movie watching where good guy is absolutely the good guy and the bad guy is absolutely the bad guy, and they're just duking it out. Now everything's relative, right? Now even Maleficent has certain positive qualities about her, and it's not her fault she's such a bad person. And the villain now in most movies is always kind of subjective like that. Well, they had a crappy upbringing. That's why they're so you know angry at everybody. But in the in the era of movie watching that I grew up in, the bad guy was the bad guy, and the good guy was the good guy. There was nothing relative. There was nothing subjective. That's what it was. And Khan was probably one of the great next to Darth Vader, probably one of the greatest screen villains ever in cinema history. And so. I'm done nerding out. We can. <laughs> I just I saw this. I, I follow the the Captain Kirk Facebook page, and they announce stuff that's going on with Star Trek. And I just saw it during a commercial break, and I was like, "Oh, that's wonderful." <laughs> well, there you go. All right, there quick break. Go. More wearing rhyme coming up for you. I got to tell you about Bridgehead IT, where you can get the best in IT services, no matter what it is you're looking for. Uh, West Bunch was on with me this morning at six fifty. Talked about monitors of all things, because you know what? You got to get that right. That's an important component when you're talking about your IT monitors. And it depends on what it is you're doing at your business to make sure you have the right monitor. You just can't go buy a monitor and throw it in there and thinking you're getting what's best for you and your employees at work. That's the that's a minor thing, but it turns out to be a major thing when you're talking about your employees. And Bridgehead is here to make sure that you have great answers to your IT questions just like that. Or when you have a major problem, a failure in your IT system. Well, Bridgehead IT can fix those failures as well. Many times they do it right on the phone. You just give them a call. They take care of it, or they can do it through email, or they can come to your office. Even if you have an IT person or persons there at your office, Bridgehead can be their best help that they've ever had before. They can and will improve your bottom line. They're real problem solvers. They can help your business make more money and save more than ever before. And Bridgehead does it every day for businesses all over the state of Texas, like they've been doing now for 30 years. That's Bridgehead IT, 210 477 San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. You accuse these officers of brutal and inappropriate measures. Now that they've been told they will not be criminally charged, will you apologize? And Peter, there was an investigation into their behavior. So that investigation is playing out. Whenever it's going to be announced, the Department of Homeland Security will announce that. Uh, no, it was announced last week, babe, and so they were fully 100% exonerated. Hey, it's Ware and Rima. He's Sean Rima. I'm Trey Ware. Thanks for listening. A couple of quick things here. First of all, Apple's pregnant man emoji is officially available right now in every skin color, <laughs> so people of all races can now show the world that they all failed biology. Oh the my. other thing uh, that... <laughs> Yeah, I want to bring up here. 
because I'm loving the videos, absolutely loving the videos of of the people on the airplanes taking the mask off, dancing in the aisle, uh, (laughs) twirling the mask in the air. Uh, I'm watching one right now of the flight attendants, and God bless you, flight attendants, because you have put up with more crap about this than anybody else. And now they're like dancing in the aisle. The flight attendants are. You're gonna get. You're gonna get even better service now. These flight attendants now they can see your face. And I'll say one more thing, Sean, and that is for those of us. And I was born with it, but you know, radio and racing and guns and and motorcycles has not helped it at all. But I was born with hearing loss, and I have to read lips a lot and it's a genetic thing my dad had it too people would make fun of him people that he worked with would make fun of him i remember other talk show hosts and and people would make fun of my dad's hearing loss well they do the same thing to me it, it, you know it, it, they had a, a story locally about these guys who went into a, one of these local big box stores and some of the employees were treating them like crap because the guys had pads and they were asking them to write down you know because i can't hear you well, these masks did more uh, to, to harm those of us with hearing loss than anything in the world. I could not hear what people were saying. And, I, and as a result, I, I couldn't read lips either because your lips were covered. So I'm so happy. The flying experience is hard enough with all the sound of the engines. And then the flight attendant would come over with a mask on her face and, and ask me a question. I had no idea what she was saying. So I'm very happy that this is a, this is a great day. Well, it is, you know, and I, I'll be glad when we get to the point where the masks are just gone. I mean, I was talking to a dude at the doctor's office about it yesterday. Because, I mean, I also got, you know, some pretty bad hearing loss, and it, it's it, that's been kind of weird for me. But the other part of it that I really hate about the masks is that you don't really know what a person's face looks like. Have you ever dealt with somebody, uh, whether it was professionally or personally, and you've only ever seen them with the mask, and then one day you see them without the mask, and you realize you've never actually yep. seen that person's face, and they look totally different than what you imagined they look like, because you don't realize how the bottom half of your face, really like your eyes and your eyebrows, defines your face. And we're only getting half the story. Humans communicate a lot with their facial expressions. Uh, that's one thing I've picked up on just since this whole thing began. And when you are only getting half of those communications uh, facially you're really not getting the full story on a person and i when i was in the hospital i you know most of the people i interacted with for four and a half months were wearing masks i wasn't but they were and it it, it kind of makes me sad that if i i could be in an heb and run into somebody or walk by somebody that i maybe got to know really well in the hospital and not recognize them because they're not wearing a mask and I never saw them without their mask. So I'm glad for any mask removal. Uh, I, I don't believe they ever did a damn thing. I, I stick by my opinion on that. There was never any uh, research or science backing up that the masks that most people wear do a damn thing. In fact, in the very beginning, they were encouraging us not to wear the masks because it encourages you to touch your face. And that's how this stuff spreads more than anything else. So, yeah, happy day that at least on a freaking airplane, and I, I imagine a city bus, you no longer have to wear these damn things because I hate them. I, I absolutely hate the masks, and I always have. Well, I want to pick up on something you were saying about communicating with your face. I said all throughout the pandemic, 
uh, gave the example of babies. Babies learn who mama is not because mama is saying certain words because they're cuckooing at each other. Uh, they're talking gibberish to each other, a baby and a mama. But a baby sees a mama's face and knows that that is a warm, inviting personality. That's my mama right there. And that right. begins, you know, very early on. So that's human nature. We develop those relationships based on face. And what what the commies, and that's that's where this comes from, what they were trying to do, and if you just look today, the, the proof of what I'm about to say is in these pictures of people on these airplanes without the mask on now. They are now individuals. They're not all uniformed, all lined right. up with a mask on their face. There's big smiles. There's happiness. There's no more of this. You know, you would sit on an airplane, and Chris can testify this. He just flew. You sit on the airplane, you just look down because, you know, what, who, I can't talk to anybody i can't carry on i can't be a free person and what this uh symbolizes and, and this is why i'm so staunch about never going back to it this is freedom the faces of these people on these airplanes today oh, yeah. flying without a mask on their face is a these are pictures of freedom and we should never ever go back into a lockdown like that again I absolutely agree. That was some weird crap, wasn't it? I mean, when you really think about it, I, again, yeah. this dude I was talking to at the doctor's office yesterday, we're both agreeing that hasn't this entire pandemic thing, the masks and all of it and the restrictions, just been weird? It's like It's been like living in a science fiction movie, and yet this was reality. So you know, I, I think most people, uh, and again, to use your term, reasonable, reasonable thinking people, are just done with all this pandemic crap and are done being told what to do and are done being, you know, uh, uh, vilified for not doing what they're being told to do. And uh, people have uh, weightier problems on their mind, like buying a loaf of bread right now. So it's, it's again, almost kind of pathetic watching uh, uh, political leadership and our, uh, the administration just, they can't shut up about these damn masks. Uh, they're still trotting Fauci out there who's saying, well, we may have to go back to restrictions. We may have to go back to restrictions inside your own nope. home. And, and nope. people are just done, man. People, I think Americans are, are a different bunch of than anybody else on planet Earth. And you can only push Americans so far before they're like, you know what? Screw you, man. I'm done. <laughs> yep. And I think that's what you're seeing right well, now. Yeah, let's put it that way. Screw you. I'm done. We'll take a quick yeah. break. More Wayne Rama coming back in a minute. KTSA.